Awesome. Well, great. And Eric, again, thank you so much for, for being with us. Uh, it has been a wild, wild week. I mean, you never want to say unprecedented, Eric, but I, I think it's fair to say that this is not something we have seen in the startup ecosystem, at least in my lifetime. I, maybe, I don't know, maybe this happened in the 70s oh, yeah. or something. I, I, I totally agree. And it's also, it's funny because everything breaks in a different place. Like, I think one of my big observations is like, what broke here were, you know, checking accounts with it. But what broke in 08 were money market funds, right? And so, like, right. it's like, it's it's like what, you know, and so we're always fighting the last war and there's always all these other pieces of it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's it's been chaotic. It has been chaotic. And, you know, we kind of joke, we, we use Gusto as our, as our payroll provider. And we've always joked about, you know, they have this kind of celebratory email they send you like, oh, you're getting paid today. Oh, hooray. Right, like hooray. 15th, last of the month. Congratulations, you're getting paid. It's like, actually, it's like, it, it makes me more nervous that you're treating this like something that requires celebration. Yeah. <laughs> it's like why are you sending me an email like holy shit that worked like that should not be an email that you send me congratulations your money's still here right and so we we have made fun of that for as long as we've been at gusto is basically the lifetime of the company and i would like to formally and on the record apologize to gusto <laughs> for treating payroll so lightly payroll is something that deserves to be celebrated and i appreciate that email and i never appreciated it more then this week when we uh, we payroll. So I want to give a couple of, so some context and background. And then, uh, it, so a, a couple of things. One, um, we're obviously talking about the, the SVB failure uh, and subsequent backstop. Um, and we're, what we're not going to do is talk about a bunch of the stuff that's already been talked about. We think, <laughs> Eric, I'm sure you agree, kind of ad nauseum. So uh, we're not going to talk about um, why SVB got into the pickle they got into. We're definitely not going to talk about um, the, the the backstop that was provided um, by the FDIC. Um, we are um, in part because that's been talked about a lot, and also because all of us here are um, on stage anyway are not not going to disagree with what was. Done. I think we all think that the, that the the right thing that was done here in terms of making depositors whole. What we do want to talk about. And I think, Erica, what has not been talked about nearly enough is the role of banking for startups. And what mm -hmm. is, because it is weird for startups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in particular, why were so many startups banking with SVB? So I think for that, I'd like to, if you don't mind, I'd like to kick us off, Steve, with you describing the oxide history with respect to banking. And then uh, in, in terms of like, why we were we and just for the for the record we are 100% at SVB. I had mentioned this in a Hacker News comment, but we were required to be at SVB as part of a covenant for our venture debt, which we'll get into in a second. And then Eric, what I'd like to do is use that as a segue, and you can let us know if like you know we're a total outlier or not. I think that we are maybe a little bit of an outlier, but I think there are obviously a lot of startups that were in our our same position. So yeah, Steve, so you want, do you want to kick us off by taking us back to 2019? And we had start because this is something that is that is hard to understand about startups. It makes startups weird. We we start the company on September 9th, twenty nineteen, and uh, with seventy five hundred dollars or whatever it was, yeah, and, 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 whatever kind of like very, we, we had kind of capitalized it just with the founders with effectively nothing. And but you do need somewhere to put that. You need somewhere to put that. 
And what we know is that we are about to raise a big seed. So we're, we're, we were looking to raise a $20 million seed. And we know that we're about to have millions of dollars. But for a bank, like that's like, okay, yeah, sure, pal. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, you're starting, you're starting with a very small deposit. And you've got it, but you've, I mean, that's part of founding. You can't start the company until you have, you know, written checks against that first set of shares. And, and, and then you have to go deposit those checks. And so, yeah, we were starting from, you know, where, where to go deposit funds. And then yes, planning that we were going to have millions of dollars. We were going to need to do something with in short order. And we initially banked with first Republic. That's right. Um, which was on, I think, on advice from actually a, a, a bunch of folks. Bunch of people. Yeah, the, this, the, one of the myths that I would like to bust is this idea of like, oh, the VCs made you bank in SVB. Like, <laughs> if we only had that kind of power. <laughs> totally, exactly. It's like, no, uh, the VCs were, but we were uh, talking to entrepreneurs, talking to friends, talking to family. It's like, okay, we're going to go back at First Republic. And I think the thing that, uh, again, became more apparent a little bit later on, but what we had heard at the time from folks that were founders, were operators, was that First Republic is really cares about startups. Right. And it's important. You're kind of impressed upon us, which was not our initial disposition, that like your banking partner is going to be a really important partner. Certainly because early on you're thinking about, well, what the hell are we going to build? And uh, you come to learn, especially in hard tech or when you're dealing with hardware, that your your banking partner is a very, 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 very important part of the business. And so early on, it was there's a handful of banks that actually think of startups as first class citizens, and they actually um, care about investing in those relationships. And and so on the advice of others, we started with First Republic. Started with First Republic. And as I recall, there was a marked difference between our account when it had $7,500 in it and our account when we deposited the early close on that 20, which was a $12 million check. Yeah, many more people woke up. <laughs> right. And I just recall mm-hmm. you like really have struggling to get the time of day with First Republic and then and then not so many struggles. But, but I mean, you know, at least getting it the time of day with First Republic early on versus some of the bigger banks. And did we? Did you actually shop around? I mean, how much? I, I can't even remember how much shopping around we did for other banks at that time. Cursory, cursory, right? Yeah, because we're it's not something we're focused on. About. It's not a top ten, problem. right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so we uh, started we, the first republic. Started the first republic. We did did our raise. We did our raise. They go from again uh, being you know not really treating us very seriously to I just remember like them calling you tickets. Yeah. Well, no, actually, absolutely. You're gonna go? Oh, of course, I was gonna go there. That the they went from the and you know someone in the channel had had uh, dropped in Mitchell Hashimoto from HashiCorp had his startup banking story. We had I mean a, a kind of a parallel. Which is hilarious if you've not read it, like definitely give it a read. It it slayed. It, it is, and it's it, and so we all of a sudden First Republic is. Uh, I feel it was like it, very shortly after the wire hit that First Republic is calling you up, offering you free things. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and this is not a foreshadowing of uh, playing into the, the 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 overspending of uh, of these banks, but they they definitely we were a VIP very quickly, and in particular, uh, one of the things that they offered was a suite tickets to a suite at a Chainsmokers concert. Right, and I just remember you like putting on mute, being like, "Does anyone even want the Chainsmokers?" I'm like, "Take it, oh, like whatever they're offering, take it." Like we're just like whatever it is. Like, no, thank you. Wait. Right. And so my kids went to a chain smoker. So my kids went and I just remember drilling my now 15 year old, then 11 year old, 12 year old 
I'm like, who does Oxide Bank with? He's like, he's like First Republic Bank, First Republic Bank. He's like a First Republic Bank ad because I think he's going to go into the suite where he's going to get quizzed. He goes into this like huge suite at this end. And of course, the boys were like, oh my God, it was amazing. We were right. There. He's like, there was no one in there. And my, my now 15 year old is like, dad, I want you to know I ate all the sushi. And I'm like, yeah. good. Oh, good boy. Best RLI you can get. Exactly. So anyway, so we were at First Republic for, um, yeah. and they're were, they were terrific. I really, really liked those folks over there. They, I mean, again, on the back of having large deposits, sure, but uh, tremendous service and made it easy for us to focus on the rest of the business. Um, and then it, a couple years in, we probably a year, year and a half in, um, we're as you know, folks that are kind of pre-revenue and are trying to get to the next set of milestones are want to do is we are looking at, you know, what are the things that we need to do to extend our run? And, oh, and I don't know if it's the true genesis or not, but this definitely, I mean, we had, we had heard of venture debt, but uh, I had a fellow parent at a scout troop, he and I are on a long hike and he was asking us about fundraising and he had done uh, food-based startups. So he'd done uh, Kite Foods and Fork in the Road and he's like, you guys really need to be looking at venture debt. I'm like, all right, okay. And I remember then you like really like, what what is venture debt? So maybe you want to explain to folks what venture debt is and why it was important to us. Yeah, and and maybe even going back further, like why we originally started out with a disposition uh, of, against venture debt. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, when we when we started the company, there there were, um, you know, there were definitely. Folks that would warn, uh, I mean, it makes sense. Like you do, you do not want to pile debt on a company until you have more certainty around cash flow and operability of the business. And um, so early on, I think we both had a, a disposition of like venture debt is not something that uh, we wanted to look into seriously. Um, but anyway, so to the question of what is venture debt, I, you know, I'm not the, not the foremost expert, but I think just in basic form. It is a product that banks offer where they are the, the the payback on the debt is more focused around equity than it is focused around cash flow. So typical loan given to a company is going to be made based on being paid back on cash flow. And in venture debt, it is, you know, the bank is getting a good interest return and then they are getting a they're getting, you know, normally small, but they're getting warrants on the company itself. And, uh, you know, in the cases of companies like Coinbase and Stripe and others, those can be very, very, very meaningful, meaningful yeah, return right. type of products. Um, obviously, it's a riskier uh, investment and banks have to, you know, keep more in collateral against those things. But from a bank's perspective, it is probably ultimately a way to blend out and get higher returns from a company's perspective, like why should one want to think about taking on venture debt? Um, you know, again, you want to extend runway so you can hit milestones, so you can raise the next round or you know get to that next important step in the business. Um, it is. It certainly comes with cautions that yeah. you want to be you want to be aware of. Yeah, Eric, I'm sure you've got some venture debt horror stories uh, out there. But Eric, do you see venture debt in in kind of early stage startups much? Yeah, I mean, like the the banking partners, especially SVB, they do try to do, and there's others. There's like uh, there's Hercules comes to mind, and other. I think there are quite a few providers. They do try to 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 do it. I think it's an interesting product for them. Um, 
you know, in general, I, I discourage it, to be honest. Um, and and I think you guys are in a very specific situation. And there are other companies doing hard tech, which are more capital intensive, um, where where it, it it makes more sense. And you're kind of trying to get there. In general, for a typical software startup, you know, you would kind of say, like, do the hard thing and, you know, take a down round if you have to take a down round and and move on and make the cuts that you need to make because you got to operate within that envelope. Um, and so, it, but it, it always comes up. It's always offered high quality companies with high quality founders, high well, to say high quality ideas with high quality investors with, you know, high quality founders. Like they tend to get a lot of offers for this, this venture debt um mm. offering and and it it comes up and there are kind of a variety of providers i think one of the things that silicon valley bank did was just made it really really easy um and um in addition to some of the things that you were saying at the beginning which is i mean people forget this but like it turns out like opening a bank if you go to one of the large banks like just opening a bank account as a brand new business i'm doing air quotes here which you cannot see um, but opening a bank account is a brand new business. It's like not the easiest thing to do. Um, and I think one of the things that both First Republic and Silicon Valley Bank have done very well is just being like they understand that workflow, right? And then they understand um, kind of some of the like typical things that you'd want to do. It's like, okay, you're going to have a, a payroll provider. Your payroll provider is going to be, you know, whatever, Gusto or Rippling or something like that versus... Um, you know, versus ADP and, and like, and, and so just like, there's just a, a bunch of like the friction of getting business going that I think they eliminated because they understood it. Um, and, I, and I think that was really meaningful. It, when this is a really important point, because there was definitely, I think, in a bunch of the noise that was out there after SVB's failure, there was this kind of idea. It's like, just go open a bank account at JPMC. It's like, you just yeah. go open a bank account at JPMC. It's actually not that easy. And yeah. it is, this is not, I mean, they are used to businesses that kind of grow slowly, that have been established, and that are kind of building this nut over time. Not businesses that walk up with a $12 million check and then start whittling it down. It's like, well, that's going the wrong direction. I mean, it's it, it, it's, it ends up, totally. it, you're exactly right. It is hard to actually open an account. People think it's like, that's really basic and it's like not. And well, it, Eric spoke to this, but I mean, it's, it's opening the account is a, a total pain in the ass, but then you get into just the basic operations of the business where you've got vendors to pay, you've got wires to send, you've got, uh, totally. they, they, they invested in helping make that stuff easier. You could reach out to someone who would actually go do some legwork to help implement these sorts of things, or at least give you guidance on, making sure that you have things well done. And I'm sorry, but like that same email to the B of A person is going unanswered as a startup until you get to a certain point. Now that's, that maybe hopefully is going to change in the, in the, in the backdrop of the last week. But I know a lot of yeah. founders that are still waiting to hear back from JPMC yeah. that are, that did actually get in touch with, you know, Wells or B of A or whoever. And, and were like, Oh man, I'm going to need a bigger team to go manage my banking relationship. Well, yeah, so this is also a really important point. And I'd be very curious about this too, because I, ultimately all of this stuff at Oxide, we did not want to hire, we don't want to hire a corporate treasurer at Oxide. We don't want to, and like that, Steve, that has all fallen to you. And the reason you've been able to do it is because we've been able to find partners that have helped us out. But then especially because we've got banking partners 
that are making it easier. And if you're gonna like, if we have to go hire someone for this role, that's a real problem for us. Yeah. And if, if, Eric, yeah, is I that? Think, I mean, I think that's true. I, most I, I think it's totally, totally right. Which is like, you don't the the founders typically in the early days, there is no finance or finance savvy person, and and so making it easy, eliminating that friction, not having to deal with it is is hugely advantageous and we think even just like little simple things that are kind of silly like what does it take to send a wire and you know it's that is the kind of thing that is just like trivially easy at an svb or first public and actually is kind of a pain in the ass at some of the larger banks or can be um if you don't have their attention and and they're not spending time on it and so I think that's there. And, and by the way, I just want to put a, a little bookmark on this, but we, we should just spend a minute at some point and talk about the, the venture side of it, which actually yeah. was important as well and is a totally different um, a totally different set of things. Yeah, and Eric, just to, before we do that, I think you were just talking about wires and not to get into the weeds on one point, <laughs> but um, wire transfers end up being very important to startups. Because mm -hmm. startups don't typically have lines of credit with their vendor ecosystem. So oftentimes, especially when you are dealing with a supply chain and hardware, and um, you don't have vendors that are like, no problem, you can just pay me net 30, mm -hmm. net 45. You know, mm -hmm. oftentimes you're having to pay up front before you can get things. And, and in the last two or three years, um, for us in particular, with the supply chain constraints globally, yeah. Um, we, you have to act fast and you have to pay up front and wire transfers end up being a big part of that. And if you snooze, you lose on, you know, TI parts or, you know, some, some small component that can hold up a big part of our build. And it, 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 it sounds like a trivial thing that actually can be a very complicating factor if wire transfers are made difficult for you. Um, and, and that was a, that was a big plus. Well, and it is challenging because you want them to be made easy. But it's also scary when they're super easy right. because like this is the, the company that like the, the, this is you've worked so hard to go raise these funds. And like, you know, if you're pre-revenue, like there is no cash coming in. So like it is gets very nerve wracking. So but Eric, I want to take when you say the venture side of this. Are you, do you mean in terms of the venture firms themselves in terms of where they banked or what would elaborate oh, yeah. on that? Yeah, so I think there's a few things. So the first and foremost thing that we were concerned about and we are concerned about is what is entrepreneurial experience, right? So, and, and, and you know, for people who don't, who don't know, like when you're working on a financing for a company, it's often, you know, in the early days, it may be, it may be you know, just two or three people and they're working on this financing and the lawyers are going back and forth and, and then you're like, okay, we're gonna close tomorrow. And it's like, oh wait, no, there's something. So no, we're gonna close the next day. And so, and you have this dynamic where it's like the entrepreneurs are ready to go. We want to deliver an amazing experience to them. And so part of that is just also us being able to like close when we need to. And that relates mm -hmm. to like the legal side of it. And it relates to the, the banking side. Like we, we want to be able to call, you know, five minutes before the the wire deadline and say hey ship this thing and and close and because that delivers the best experience if there's a bunch of bureaucracy that we have to go through then that that doesn't deliver a good experience at entrepreneur at the early days of relationship um and so that's something that we care about 
There's another piece of the venture side, which also has been untalked about, which is, you know, venture um, partners at venture firms have capital calls. Like we pay in, we're LPs as well as GPs. Um, so we're, we're investors in our own funds. And we have, um, and those capital calls can be substantial in, in terms of dollar amounts. And in particular for people who are earlier in their career or younger partners who may not have the capital, they they used, and one of the things, one of the products that we had were these like capital call lines, um, which are mm. basically lines for venture capitalists themselves um, or investors themselves to kind of participate in their fund. And then, you know, they basically get paid back as the fund gets paid back. And so like, but just if you go to, again, if you go to a normal bank and you're like, hey, I want a capital <laughs> call line, they'll be like, what, what do you mean you want a capital call line? Are you trying to buy a house or are you trying to buy a car, right? And um, right. it's like, I'm, I'm trying to actually fund a startup. Like, okay, wait, we're definitely yeah. not doing that then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like, and how do they, and how do they want that? And there's this institutional knowledge that kind of builds up, which is, you know, and I'm sure they don't offer them to everyone. And, and I, I don't. I, I don't think any of us use a benchmark, but I, I think this is a, a kind of a thing that does come up. And, um, and, and so you kind of think of the institutional knowledge around it, which is they'll be like, okay, they have to make it, they have to make a quality, you know, it's a debt, it's, it's a piece of debt, right? And so they have to make a quality judgment on that. And, you know, I think if you said like, okay, there's a, a new partner at, I don't know, Sequoia, like I, I think, like again, to the typical bank, it doesn't mean anything. But like, you know, to Silicon Valley Bank, I think they would understand. Like, oh, you know what? Like, oh, cases are <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get paid person, back. Yeah, I think this person's probably going places. I think this person yeah. is probably good for it. Yeah, and so well, I, I think, think, there, I think yeah. there's some dynamics there, and 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 even with venture capital firms themselves, you know, the people. So just the mechanics of this, we. A venture capital firm will raise a fund. Let's let's just, for argument's sake, say it's five hundred million dollars. But we don't. Our LPs, our limited partners who invest money with us, they don't give us that five hundred million dollars up front. We it gets called, right? It gets called as you progress, and and so basically, okay, we agree to make a new investment. We put a capital call out to our LPs, and then they they wire money. And and you know, people different firms work in different ways, and depends on the funds. You may call it in maybe five percent increments. If it's a really big fund, you might call it in one percent increments. And so, you know, you have a five hundred million dollar fund. Let's make the math easy and say you have, you know, twenty five LPs each at twenty million. It doesn't really work this way, but just to make the math easy, and you know, if you're calling that in five percent increments, that's a lot of wires. Like it's a lot of inbound wires and transfers that you're managing that are coming in. And then, you know, and then obviously you're funding companies. And so you make these calls and let's say as an example, okay, we're, we're doing a $10 million round in a company. We have, you know, $8 million of uh, capital that's like sitting in the account, um, in, in the fund account. And we're like 2 million short. And that 2 million is coming, like it's coming tomorrow or the next day or whatever, as LPs get their stuff together and they, they, initiate the wires. But, you know, that's, again, another kind of product that, that Silicon Valley Bank really understood, which is like, hey, okay, yeah, well, that's a, I, I forgot what that particular thing is called, but it's like, they'll give you that 
capital call. That's not a capital call line. It's a fund line or something. And so they are basically giving you a loan on against the, it's like capital call based financing for like, exactly. That's yeah, really interesting. Exactly. And so like, this, these are, yeah, interesting. But, the, but the, the, the larger point against the loans are, is just the mechanics of that thing, which is like, wow, there's a venture capital firm and every whatever month or couple months or quarter, they have like 30, 40 inbound wires of like varying amounts. And then, you know, every month or every whatever, depending on the frequency these days, it might be every week. They have an outbound wire to some new company which, with a new bank account that has $100 in it and is about to have $12 million in it. And, yeah. and so just like all of those mechanics of um, those kinds of transfers um, and that frequency, I, I think it just gets lost. You know, it's not, it's not quite as simple as, hey, it's like we have a checking account. I wrote you a check and like now we burn it down. You know, there's, there's a lot of flow, I guess, is, is the core point. Well, and, and the, to the to the familiarity yeah. too, right? That just yeah, totally. the, that they do this all the time. They're familiar with it. Uh, I've had you know friends who are entrepreneurs who've gone tried to shop other banks, and as folks has alluded to, just kind of struck out, like not have folks really understand that business. Whereas when I was starting a company, you know, our our major backer kind of plugged us into his person at SVB, and everything was easy. There's also you know we didn't want to hire a CFO. There's this whole ecosystem of folks who will do that for you and have their own relationships with SVB and their own familiarity with their tools. And all of these things were easy and let focus folks focus on the hard part of starting their business. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and Eric, I love your emphasis too. And that's so interesting to hear. Of course, I didn't know about the capital call-based financing, but of course it makes a ton of sense. And I just for other people that don't necessarily realize if you haven't started a company, what Eric's talking about, about trying to hit a close, when you are closing on financing, it is a high wire act. It just feels, at least from our perspective, I don't know, maybe our our experience has been especially, uh, but it's like, because you're trying to get everyone to meet at the same time. And you always, I mean, it's just as an entrepreneur, you're always going through your head about like the things that can go wrong. And any, and we have, I feel like we've had lots of things go, we, we've just seen so many slip ups that mm -hmm. are mechanical and the it, and as an entrepreneur you're thinking like my business is hanging in the balance right now i mean it is terrifying and so you anything that is going to be in the way of that is going to be a real problem and i think that understanding you know in I, I, I think you kind of mentioned in passing, but so folks understand that when a VC firm does a capital call, they've got there is an entrepreneur waiting to be funded on the other end of that. You don't, you're not doing cap. I'm, I mean, yeah, right, Eric. I mean, I think that's it's my understanding anyway that that's when those capital calls are happening. So, like any time that we spend kind of dilly dallying, you've got a a, a company that is actually waiting to, to to close financing. And I think even you know even when you are you know wind at the back and things are going great and you know. "Quote unquote, we don't need it." I always love that little lie that entrepreneurs tell one another, like, "Oh yeah, we raised a bunch of money." Like, okay, yeah. time. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, but even even in those situations, that is, it's anxiety producing, and you need and and the the mechanics become important. The other thing I would say, and I would, Eric, I'd love to get your take on this, but I think it is, you know, people have their own experience with banking based on their own, you know, my my direct deposit and my checking account and so on. Banking gets a lot harder when the dollar figures get larger. 
So it, this is not something it's like, well, it was easy for $100,000. Like there's a difference for a bank between $100,000, a million dollars, $10 million, and $100 million. Feels obvious, but it's amazing how many people are like, I don't understand why this is hard for startups because I'm able to go to a bank and open a banking account. It's like, yeah, yeah because the dollar <laughs> yeah. figures are a lot bigger. And it's when yeah. the dollar figures are bigger, like this stuff, like a bunch of stuff that works when you're small doesn't work when you're, when you're big. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I, I think it, it, it's just different when it's a business. And, um, and you know, I, I mean, you saw some silly criticisms around, well, it's like, why do they have more than $250,000 in, in kind of a standard account? And it's like, well, got payroll, like, you know, payroll turns out to be for a lot of companies of any reasonable size, um, more than $250,000. $399, then what was the wish? Yeah, yeah 399000 yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've never known our exact payroll figures so well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it matters. And so you have, um, I, I think it does get complicated that way. I think the other thing that, um, and, and of course, like, you know, there's Christian, oh, they're so stupid, they should use sweeps and like things like that. And it's like, yeah, people use sweeps. Like it's not, yes, startups have money in sweeps do those kinds of things like that's not that's not unheard of but but i think there was another thing that um and and tell me if this is where you don't want to go but like i i would just say like one of the things that did change in the last i don't know what i i guess year if is for a long time it didn't really matter if you used a sweep or you just left it in the checking account because there's no return <laughs> on the sweep like there was no there was no it's incremental like, money to be made. Zero percent or zero point zero 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 one percent. Like which which yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so it's just like oh okay so so like it just didn't matter and obviously that has changed and that and 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 companies are generating money. There's a set of companies that are generating more interest income than they are you know, revenue. Um, I, 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 that, uh, those companies, well, those companies would disgust me. I hope there is no company <laughs> that is generating more and interesting income than revenue. That would be sickening. I, I hope they, they should be canceled. Those companies, they sound like the worst. There's a question, question in chat. Uh, can you explain the sweep fronts? Um, the sweep funds? Yeah, the sweet. Uh, well, I can explain it as best I understand it. And, let me tell you, when you, I, I started reading the fine prints on, on the sweeps <laughs> very recently. Um, yeah. So, you know, a, a sweep is basically, uh, it, it's, there's, there's a set of different things, but basically it takes the excess cash that is in an account and puts it in, in, in basically invests it. A lot of them work overnight. So it basically sweeps your cash overnight and, and invests it overnight and returns it in the morning, more or less. And, and in exchange for doing that, you get a little bit of return that you wouldn't get if you just left it in the account. That's an example of the sweep. The thing that is important here is when money is allocated to sweeps um, and and designated in that way, then the bank isn't, you know, and obviously banks work in large pools of money, but the bank isn't then loaning that money out because that money is being invested, right? And so there, that money is being used to buy something, a fund of some kind, and you're holding that fund. So that's where that cash is going. And so one of the things that is changing and started to increase pressure here on all banks um, is people are getting return on some of these funds, whether they're treasuries or corporate bonds, there's, there's all kinds of different um, vehicles. And so 
they are basically pulling it out, the cash out of checking, which or savings, which banks could previously use to loan out. And they are buying securities of some kind. And when you buy security, it kind of goes to a different place on the bank balance sheet. And so they're, they're and not again, it, it gets complicated because some of the sweeps are run by funds, by third party funds, and some of the sweeps are run by the bank themselves. Um, and like where it goes on the bank balance sheet, there was a lot of confusion in that in the last week, which is like, hey, is my money at risk right. because it was on an SVB sweep or is my money not at risk because it was in a third party, you know, whatever Vanguard sweep or whatever it is. And so, yeah. So for us to make it concrete, just for the listeners. So we, we had our deposits with SVB and we had a percent of those that were, you know, oftentimes the banks will have kind of a blended uh, product where you're getting, you know, X return on your money. And we had a percent of it that was on SBB's balance sheet and then a percentage of it, which was actually with BlackRock under Oxide's name. And yep. Yep. that's the, that, that, that's the money market fund that, 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 uh, that Eric's alluding to that, you know, your money gets swept into and that has got our name on it. Um, and, and that is a, much more secure end vehicle than just sitting on a bank's balance sheet, as we discovered. As we discovered, <laughs> because that those funds would were going to be effectively made, uh, made whole, made, made whole. Yeah, there, there was under under no scenario would those funds not be made whole. But the, but those funds in are two thousand eight. I was just <laughs> going to say. I mean, so this is an important thing. It's like people, if you're doing this to keep things absolutely secure, it's like well, there's there's not necessarily absolute security here, and you can have yeah. a. And we have seen, I've seen, now we have seen several in our lifetime, and I certainly, you know, 2000, 2001, and obviously in 2008, where things uh, came unspooled very, very quickly, where the things that you think are actually completely robust, or, or, you know, we came very close to, in March of 2020, to the commercial paper markets shutting down. And yeah. if, the, the, you know, that's another one where people, because people rely on the, established companies very much rely on those commercial paper markets functioning correctly. And if they don't, all of a sudden things get real sticky for a lot of folks. And I, I think that, you know, the, the, this is mechanically really, really challenging. It's not anyone saying like, just use a sweep. It's like, it's not just use a sweep. Like there's, you've got to take yeah. this stuff apart. And way, it sounds like sweeps are not FDIC insured. Like this is an really important point, right? right? Like they're not FDIC insured. Um, and, and so, you know, or whatever. So anyways, yeah, yes, there's, there, there's real complexity um, in it. And startups were definitely concentrated at SVB for a bunch of reasons that we've talked about um, in terms of their understanding um, of the startup ecosystem needs. And, and, you know, I mean, I guess this varies by startup, but I think for most startups, certainly for us, for a, for a capital intensive startup, like the cash we've raised, we are very, very conservative with. We want to be maximally conservative with. And so the, the, there's kind of the, this myth that like startups themselves were somehow being chancy with their cash. It's like startups do not want to be chancy with their cash. They do not, they want to focus on doing this outlandish thing that they're trying to do. And they, they, they want to make sure that the cash they've raised is the cash that's there. So they are looking for any path that is going to be, now that said, I know, uh, Steve, you definitely did encounter some other entrepreneurs that were uh, going, oh, that were literally going back and forth with Bitcoin to make payroll. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. we, I mean, just through the arc of what was a pretty intense Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for, I think, all, but certainly those with deposits at SVB were, um, you know, as of Thursday night, things were, you know, already SVB stock had crashed and, and, and there was a bunch of questions on what the outcome was going to be and everyone was saying, oh, they're going to get acquired. And then Friday morning, the FDIC steps in and, uh, and takes over the bank. Fast forward to Saturday morning, and I'm I'm on the sidelines of one of my kids' basketball games, and of course, all the all the discussion in, in the parent groups is what's happened uh, in the banking system just generally. Um, but one dad in particular was asking, like, "Oh, Steve, yeah, where 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 uh, where does Oxide Bank? You know, probably not SBB." It's like, all right, here we go, another one of these, another one of these. I just got off the phone with my mom. Right. I guess I'm going to do this right. Let's, Let's do it again. And. Uh, and and I said no, yeah, we we do bank with SVB. He's like, oh gosh, that that's got to be awful for you. Like, thanks, that's that's also helpful. Yeah, that, <laughs> and um, and, and he's like, yeah, I would never put our company's money in the traditional banking system. And I'm like, oh, in the traditional okay. banking system. You you're not a trad banker, so for tell your me, payroll? yeah, tell, tell, So what do you guys do? And he's you know he's already you can tell he's given this speech a bunch in the prior 48 hours. And yeah. he he informed that uh, that they keep all of their deposits in crypto, and that they and I was like, okay, that's pretty. I mean, that that's bold. That's volatile. How's that working out? But, right. Well, so and he's and then, uh, and he's and I was like, what do you do for payroll? Because that's an area I, I don't understand that well in terms of how you would then make pay, do payroll out of crypto. And, and he's like, well, no. I mean, we go through a bank, so we will convert from the stable coin to. USD, and then we will pay mm. payroll out of that. Stable coin do you use? I asked. <laughs> and it turns out bank with stable coin that he uses has three point two billion dollars at SVB. Right. So I, th- I think you're struggling to make payroll on Monday too, pal. He's like, oh, it's just barely off the peg. It's going to recover. <laughs> like, okay, back to basketball. Uh, yeah, and Eric, I don't know if you've got other, uh, but it's when startups reach out to you for their advice on this stuff. I mean, because and especially. Now, I mean, how are, are you counseling startups to kind of change their thinking? And actually, let me, I'll make my question a little bit more specific because, uh, you know, I, I mentioned at the top, but we were banking with SVB exclusively by covenant. So we have, we do, we've got venture debt with SVB. That, that venture debt was very important for us. Um, it was, it allowed us to uh, extend our runway at an important time and and allowed us to uh, very grateful for it. it was it was it was the, absolutely the right decision for us but that uh, that actually in fact they also wanted our credit cards to be at SVB, right i think you negotiated mm-hmm. that part yeah out if i yes. recall and 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 that was a pretty easy negotiation when i asked them if they use the SVB credit cards <laughs> because <laughs> uh, it is a that's not a good experience. <laughs> like, if, we're, if we're talking about like things you're good at, like do what you're, you know, stick, stick with what you're good at. Right. Uh, the, there right. are companies like Ramp, Ramp, Ramp and a right. bunch Ramp. of others that again, not to go into, we won't go delve into this, but there's a bunch of things that you want when you have employees, uh, a, a number of employees that are, that are needing charge accounts to operate and, Companies like Ramp get it, and they make it very, very easy. And there's a bunch of mm-hmm, things you mm-hmm. you can go through is as to why that is the case. And by the way, I will, I do want to make a plug for Ramp, Ramp because, yeah, man, when you when you're in a situation, I mean, the very, very first thing that every single founder was thinking about is like making payroll. Yep. And uh, and that was first and foremost. 
but then there's the little things that that crop up almost immediately, which is on Friday when there was the, the very real chance that SVB depositors were not going to have access to their funds for some period of time. Companies like Ramp or any other credit, any other card company that gives you a line of credit that you charge against each month, um, they they have integrations via like Plaid or something else, and they do pings every single day, and they know when you have an active account on the other end of the line or not. And when you pinged SVB on Friday, you did not have an active account on the other end of the line. And so, it, I mean, I don't want to say it would have been reasonable, but I, I would not have been stunned if, you know, these these companies shut us off, got companies off or at least lowered credit lines yeah. for yeah. for companies. And all of a sudden we, we have we had folks traveling that weekend that were that were uh, going to meet with uh, a partner of ours, uh, a manufacturing logistics partner. And. They very well could have had their cards not go through, right? And and then what are you yeah. doing? You're asking your employees to put it on their personal credit cards over the weekend. Oh, you'll get it back when SPB is <laughs> open. So anyway, I just want to say, Ramp, uh, Ramp, kept, not only did not shut off their uh, their customers' accounts, they didn't take down their credit lines. They kept the credit lines where they were, uh, which gave these companies a bunch of flexibility while they're trying to figure out things like payroll. Yeah. Um, so. That was that. That was great to see. And Eric, I'm sure you spent the weekend with your portfolio companies, figuring out where they were and helping them uh, arrange. Because I, I feel that there was a lot, and we, certainly we felt all, there was heroics on the part of our investors, making sure that we could make payroll. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I, I feel like people did not see this. What they saw were kind of like the all caps like tweets that were out there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and what they didn't see were the VCs who were behind the scenes stepping up and saying, "Hey, like I, yeah, I'm going to make a wire commitment," which is, I mean, this is not light. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure you were, I'm sure it's a very busy weekend for you in that regard. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it, it was, and, and, and obviously, and thankfully it, in, in a way it was not necessary. I think there were, um, I, I, I know a number of people, uh, venture capitalists and, and, and I think some of the founders who had had prior success, who, who personally fronted, um, money to, to make payroll. Um, there were firms who had abilities to, you know, accounts elsewhere that were able to do that. And, and there were a bunch of cases like that. So I think people were really, you know, it's one of the things that makes the ecosystem very special, um, actually, is people, people are trying to help each other and, and sort it out um, and, and work through it. And, um, and, you know, you have, a, you have a sense that like things will come back around. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I think that's, that's really special. In terms of how I'm advising companies, you know, I, I, over the course of Thursday, my perspective changed a bit um, where, you know, I, I was trying to reduce the panic um, and, but we're fiduciaries at the end of the day as well. So my advice ended up being have six months somewhere else, six months of runway somewhere else. Um, and so if you were at SVB, I was like, have six months of runway somewhere else so that you have continued to operate, but beyond that, don't contribute to the panic. That was my, that would contribute to the run. I, and, and that was kind of my, my line. And I, I got, you know, I think luckily not everybody, people are in different situations and not everyone can open an account fast enough. If they didn't have a second account somewhere or even to link accounts is not like trivially easy. Um, and, you know, wires were getting clogged and things like that. But 
um, at least two or three of the companies I work on, I guess three, were able to execute some version of that strategy very quickly. Um, and, you know, and so like that was kind of the, the advice I give. My new perspective, at least for the time being right now, because I do think it's not, I, I really don't think it's limited to SVB, although they're the first. I think there will continue to be pressure on other banks as we're seeing. And um, and I, I, I do think the risk is quite real. And I, I, I'm kind of astonished, actually, people don't play it. It just makes sense. People are finding return elsewhere. They're going to take money out. And I mean, you've, you've kind of seen that, um, is to have a large banking partner, um, you know, one of the SIBs, uh, the strategically important banks, and have a regional partner who's very high service and have an account in each or have yeah. accounts at each, have them pre-linked and, and, and fluid so that you're set to go in terms of the linkages on them and can move very fast. That's, that's kind of my near-term advice, um, which I think gives you the best of both worlds where you have a primary, you have a partner who cares about you, who understands your business, et cetera, um, and what you're trying to do, but you also have a very like safe place to keep money. And I just think, you know, startups are risky enough, like, like collapse of, of the banking system shouldn't be an additional risk. Um, and so that's how I've been thinking about it um, for, for the time being. Yeah. And of course, as, as a moderate and compromised position, I'm sure you managed to just piss everybody off with that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I try to do that. Yeah. I try to do the, that. Um, but the, yeah, that's that's interesting. And certainly, um, so when we negotiated our venture debt, like I said, we, we, got, we were able to get the credit cards exempted, but basically everything else had to bank with SVB. Do all, you, all deposits, yeah, had to be with, with SVB. Do you think that those provisions, I mean, we are uh, certainly in future venture debt partners, that is not a provision that we, that provision was basically presented to us as non-negotiable. Do you think that that, that provision is going to be, is going to have to be negotiable for venture debt to live as an instrument? Um, I, you know, I think people are going to have to be a little more flexible about it um, in terms of like, you know, we want to be your primary banking relationship, um, but not your, you know, exclusive or whatever. Like right. there's got to yeah. be some like th there's going to have to be some flexibility um, in that. Um, so that'd be my guess is, is where it lives is, is it softens a bit because I, I just don't think anybody reasonable, any reasonable board would say like, hey, go for it <laughs> you know it's right. just like a, that's a, like that just seems like imprudent in the in the current environment um well in well, that level of risk is certainly very new i mean as recently as oh, a week oh. a week ago monday if you'd been like hey i'm gonna spend a bunch of time like uh opening up a bunch of bank accounts because i think svb is gonna fail i mean a board would have been like what excuse me like don't you have a business to do you not have enough to do i mean it's like <laughs> yeah, sorry totally. uh and so that is it i think this is a you know it, it, it's certainly a, a new problem for people i do think also like there it the, the, one of the challenge with the the systemically important banks is they just don't get the startup model because it is this inverted model where you take this huge amount of cash when you are not established at all and it, it, it is not a model that the traditional banking system is, it just doesn't know how to deal with it. And, and it's just interesting to hear that it doesn't know how to deal with it on the venture side either. Like we need a bunch of things out of the mechanics that we just are, it's going to be hard to get that out of the, and I'm, I'm hoping, we're hoping 
that SVB, it's, I guess they're going to, I are, what they're, are they they're now the, the first national bank of Santa Clara? What are, what are they calling themselves? And also like bridge bank, like they called themselves, it's the, it's, it's the bridge. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's another, bridge there, there's, there's another bridge bank out there. And, like, uh, and then they're the, then they were like SVB NA. So I think there's, they're still trying to figure that out. They filed for bankruptcy this morning. Uh, and as a, as another step and their, their path forward, I mean, from, from speaking with them, they certainly have the confidence of ongoing operations. Uh, they've alluded to actually more deposits coming in than things going out um, because there may be the sentiment out there that it's one of the safest places to bank right now sure. uh, with, with the current structure. Um, but yeah, we're, we're like, like many, I'm sure, Eric, like the companies you're working with, we're, we're trying to figure out what the right cash management strategy is that is not going to be single sourced in the limit. And it, yeah. it, 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 Eric, could you speak to the importance of relationship here? Because I know for us, speaking personally, like the relationship we had with SVB, and not from like a, you know, from the perspective of like concert tickets for my kids and, and draining a sushi bar. But no, more- it was the fact that the folks that we met in 2020 when we started talking to them had already been at SVB for 10 years and are still the entire same team. And they would be there, you know, they, they, they would and probably hopefully will be there, you know, in, in the future. But I think that like you could tell that there's a lot to be said for a team that's investing and in getting to know your business and what you need. And uh, I, I and, think that's right. I think that's yeah. exactly right. And, and, and we'll, we'll see on the venture side too, you know, some of the big banks are saying the right things, you know, it remains to be seen. We have to see it. We have to see it. And, and in order to know. Um, and, um, you know, on the venture side, I, I mean, again, p- people just don't realize this, but like in a firm, there are a whole bunch of different funds and those funds, they're just different vehicles. And so it's just, it's a huge, it's a, it's actually quite a large, even for a small firm like ourselves, it's a relatively large number of accounts and that all have to be replicated in different places and things. And so, you know, like, we'll see, we'll see if they can they can, um, if they deliver. Um, and I think people want the business uh, for sure, uh, because, you know, while most startups don't work, obviously we have our fair share that do work and, um, and, and turn into really big businesses. And I think people like the banks want that business. Um, and so are they going to put the effort into learning it? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. And what becomes best CV as a partner? I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm hopeful that SVB and First Republic in some form continue, uh, but but it remains to be seen. Well, yeah, and I, I think it also should be said about the way they handled it in terms of like in the trenches, boots on ground, the way SVB handled this. I mean, they, they were, Steve, I couldn't believe the number of conversations you were having with them on yeah. Thursday and Friday. I'm like, they're still picking up the phone? Like, on Saturday. Yeah. On Saturday. It's like, like we're texting yeah. back and forth on Saturday. And this, these are people who have no idea if they still have a job. Totally. They, they, they have an, some sort of an offer from the FDIC of continued employment for 45 days with no guarantees thereafter. And to your point, I mean, they, not only picking up the phone, like following up and saying, hey, yep. here's, here's what I know. Uh, here's, and, and, you know, obviously, like we're going through a roller coaster over these days because Thursday night they're going to get bought. Friday morning, FDIC comes in and good news, you've got maybe access to $250,000. Uh, 
then like rumors of <laughs> well it, it, but i mean like pretty trusted sources that were saying they've already started selling off assets of the bank right. and mm-hmm. and what any uh, what any you know company is trying to figure out is like how when will i have what access to my cash and there was it was you know the the the, the feedback was like well you're going to get a you're going to get some sort of a you're going to get maybe 30%, maybe 40% of your deposits that'll be available within a couple of weeks, no longer than a month and then you're going to get, you know, upwards to on a lower end 90% of your total deposits over the next 18 months if this bank, you know, ends up getting dissolved and assets are sold um and just you know, of course what you're also trying to to deal with is all you know, the employees that are like I'm going to get paid, I'm getting questions from friends and family, you know, Oxide, what's what's next? And having someone, you know, the hardest thing would have been if SVB was just phones down. Totally. And you're did an amazing you're, job. Amazing job. Yeah. It did yeah. an amazing so job. The, the, the people, the workers on, you know, the employees and the workers there at, at, at SVB and First Republic, and I think may, many of the other banks maybe as well, but obviously SVB was the, the heart of it. They They did an amazing job across the board. Um, and and obviously I'm not talking about the uh, the management that that made the <laughs> made the risk decisions that they made. Right, but the, but the folks that were acting and these are people that are that again they don't know their own futures. They've they've got their own totally. net worth has certainly taken a hit. When we talk about equity holders being t- taking a bath. It's, that includes plenty of employees for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And for those people who are in that, to 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 realize that the, what what I need to do right now is focus on these of my customers that need to make payroll, it speaks highly to me. And that, and that is the it, it honestly is emblematic of what we need as startups out of the sector. I th- I also think that like the other thing that I just want to just to get out there is that I I know you know people paint startups with kind of a single brush, and I th- there are. I, and maybe maybe we have done a, a, a disservice by not like actively muzzling some people that are giving the rest of us a bad name. But there are startups. There are startups out there. Emphatically, there are startups out there that are solving hard and important problems. And Eric, I would, I, from my perspective, the ones that are most likely to meet this kind of relationship are the ones solving the hardest problems and the biggest problems. I mean, the, if you've got a company that's capital intensive, that's solving a hard, like those are the ones that actually, and I think we all want, we, we want to encourage those societally. And, you know, so we, you know, we're not all Theranos actually. <laughs> we've got, we've yeah, got totally. Oh yeah, totally. I, yeah. We're not all Theranos and, and there are definitely, um, there will be, you know, Theranos won't be the last fraud, um, and there'll be more. Um, and I, and I also think, you know, to be honest, like it's not always clear which problems are really, are are, are actually really important, or which solutions are going to end up being really important, and which ones aren't. And I think that's part of the adventure of of, of startups. Um, and and so. I, I'm, I'm, it's good to have innovation. We want this part of the ecosystem and we, we want lots of companies and lots of people pursuing ideas and pursuing dreams. We, you know, it, it actually matters like smart people taking on a big idea and putting everything into it. It's not always going to work. It's often not going to work and that's okay. And I think that's one of the amazing things about um, Silicon Valley is like, that's okay. 
and there will be some runaway successes and the talent will compound to the runaway successes, which is also okay and part of the process. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm very bullish and optimistic on the ecosystem overall. Um, this was, it's, it's been a tumultuous week, but I think it's a lot, there's a lot of goodness and a lot of um, hopefully better risk management and other things will come out of it. But overall, I, I do believe the system is quite resilient. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic. Totally. And I would just encourage folks to look for some of the, because again, in my experience, the best ones out there, the best startups, the best VCs are, are we're quietly going about making sure that they made payroll. They were, they're really, they're, they're not, uh, they are, um, so it is, it is tempting to focus on those loudest voices and you really shouldn't, you, re, you really need to go, because uh, there's, uh, there's, and part of the reason I feel that like, uh, that companies like Ramp and Gusto also did a, did a terrific yeah. job. And, you know, the, part of the reason these startups, and Yark, you, you mentioned it earlier of startups helping other startups, because we've all collectively been there. And I, I, I think that it is something that is really special in this ecosystem. It's an important part of uh, societally. And, you know, I, I assure you that we are, so, that many of us are very societally engaged and, and are very cognizant of the role that, that, that we play. And, we are in this because we are are trying to improve the world that we live in. So the, and banking is a really, it's an important and mechanic, if mechanical, but a very, very important part of it. So. Totally. Eric, thank you very much for, for joining us on this. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if for those who are unfamiliar with you um, and I, I don't know if it's uh, uh, the, if you recommend this on your own behalf, but if, if folks are unfamiliar with benchmark or unfamiliar with you, with you personally, um, I would one stop shopping is the acquired podcast on, I don't know how that was received within the firm, Eric, but I thought that was a, uh, in particular, uh, you all at benchmark, let the acquired podcast sit in on one of your kind of your, your, your famous dinners. And, uh, it was just a tremendous listen. So it's a great way to get to know get to know the firm. I, 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 hopefully that was well received within the firm as well. Yeah. We, you know, we, we try to do one marketing thing every five to eight years. So, uh, that was our, <laughs> Whether you uh, need it or not. yeah, that was our, that was our one. Um, and so, um, I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm glad it, uh, I'm glad you liked it. I, it was it, it, like it or hate it. It was, it was very authentic. Well, and it was, it was it was awesome, Eric. It was it was great. And for folks, I highly recommend it's like a two hour episode. Uh, definitely recommend it. And before you do that, we listen to the four hour episode just extolling the virtues of benchmark. So both, you know, that's a six hour block, but but set it aside. It was excellent. Nobody should have done that much time, but yes. <laughs> Hopefully I do it at one and a half speed. Speed. One and a half speed. Yeah. Trim it down to four hours. <laughs> I thought it, it, it was it was terrific, and you know the I, I our experience it, it, it definitely fit with our experience, and um you know I, it, I again you you've been you're one of the great ones out there, and really appreciate your perspective on this, um and you know I, I think that people should uh, learn more about about your perspective, and I think uh, know that other VCs look to you as a model, um, both you personally and the firm, and that's. Uh, it's good for ball, as they say. It's good for the industry. So uh, thank you very much for, for leading out there. Well, thank you guys, and thank, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, it's a 
hopefully this uh we won't have to do one of these next week um <laughs> and it'll be a a quiet normal week uh building making payroll and uh and having power and internet for the entire week amen <laughs> all right living exactly in, living in precedented times it'd be great <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Thanks, Thanks, everyone.